Hi guys, I'm Rich, one half of Beard and Bear. This is a message recorded on the 19th of June 2020. Due to ongoing revelations in the wrestling industry regarding currently emerging accusations against a number of UK independent WWE, NJPW and AEW wrestlers, we have felt compelled to affix this message to the start of our archived content. We have chosen to keep our archive content as is, for the purposes of transparency. Please be aware that discussions about wrestlers currently embroiled in the ongoing Britress abuse scandal were recorded before these revelations came to light. If you wish to hear our views on these accusations before you continue to listen to our archived content, please feel free to search for hashtag speaking out on our anchor.fm forward slash jfabe profile. In addition, on the back of recent protests and the Black Lives Matter movement, like everyone should, we have checked our privileges in context of what we have learned, particularly regarding sensitivity and microaggressions. I have discussed our past content with multiple people of various different races, creeds, religions, sexualities, genders um, from across our society, and feel some of it may not best reflect our views as they are currently held. However, This podcast has been left as it was originally released. Some opinions are kayfabe and are given by parody characters or personas that do not reflect the present views of Rich or Jay or the actors portraying them. Listener discretion is advised. Everything you hear from this point on is what was released on the original day of publishing. Thank you very much. It's WrestleMania season and it's time. But first, before Rich and Jay tell you everything they thought about WrestleMania and give you all of their usual bants and the Beard and Bear happy hour and all of that, a quick preview of the WrestleMania special of Jay Fabe, which I choked while saying. (laughs) Doesn't matter. We're taking it now. It's happening. It's happening. I can hear you laughing, Jay. I can hear you laughing. God damn it. Special preview coming up. It's landing on Friday, maybe. I'm coming for you, Alexa. I am coming for you. We will be together in the end. And then Rich, he will rue the day that he ever crashed me. <laughs> My name's Chaz. My name's Chaz, yeah. Chaz. <laughs> Chaz. <laughs> Taz, we will be together soon. Where is my Taz? I love my Taz. Why would you take him away from me? Taz, I am assuming commanded your ship in your absence. I am ordering a 24th century Sultana Time Core on Amazon, and some hairspray. I am setting a beacon for you to follow my love. We will be together soon. Firing now. Hmm. The configuration of this beacon has been overridden. The message has changed. Playing audio. What the fuck? That's a different type of retardus. 
It's stolen the beacon. Well, this is the perfect site for the infected beacon. 1988. Oh, you can just smell the hairspray. It's unbelievable this is where it all began. Oh well. This is what you call a guarantee of victory. <laughs> Firing beacon. Nicky Benoit, stay. Sit off your back, your feet, this head. This beacon is transmitting the Anorak virus. Why you don't need to finish this December? Maybe we're going to be able to keep the machinery here. It is WrestleMania season. It's just finished. Thank you, Jesse, for that wonderful preview. I'm so glad he's back as a narrator, even if it's only temporary. Jay, how you doing, bro? I'm doing good, mate. How are you? Did you hear it all that time? I did. I did. Excellent, excellent, <laughs> excellent. We are feeling great. Oh, WrestleMania just happened. It did. Did it feel me. like WrestleMania? Not really. <laughs> I don't know. The matches, the matches were definitely something. I think we've got a lot to discuss today. Two nights of WrestleMania, six hours actually presented in a reasonable format. Gonna have yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> Gonna go match by match. Gonna wait for the music of Sat TV, the WWE so skillfully used in one of the main events of the night. To finish, and there we go. Oh, love that tune, Jay. Rich, how'd you find it? Not that bad, to be fair. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> 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 no, of course I'm joking. Um, yeah, no, it was. Uh, I expected. See you later. <laughs> I expected it to be troublesome, um, and I think there were a couple of bum notes hit, if I'm honest, but. I think um, 
Like, I mean, watched as a whole, I think there's a pacing issue, um, genuinely, but that's probably because of how they set it out. They um, did a New Japan kind of format with the whole two undercards and two overcards, as it were, um, over the two nights. Which, I, to be fair, you couldn't have just had one night that was just the undercard, I suppose. Um, but, yeah. What's yeah your... It wouldn't have made sense. Um, well, yeah, obviously, they definitely mirrored New Japan Pro Wrestling on that one. Mm. Um, what did but... you think... Um, <laughs> Oh, go on, actually. No, no, no it's fine. Well, I was going to say, what did you think to the overall feel of the show, considering it was with no fans um, present? I started to like it quite a bit, because mm. sometimes the fans can actually take away from the product itself and what's happening in the ring. Um, sometimes at WrestleMania, I find. So you could just focus on the wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it felt um, like... what I was speaking to um, one of my one of my random... F- compatriots um over the phone about it and they they said it reminded them very much like um it got them in the same headspace that they would watching something on power slam tv or um progress wrestling where it's kind of just a pool hall somewhere Um, (laughs) and um it actually got them in that mindset where they were just focused on the wrestling um and it felt a lot less like the a lot less stagey at times as a result i feel Less stagey in what way? Um, more in the way that, that they didn't attempt to manufacture as many situations to solely get a fan reaction, um, if that makes sense. Uh, like, yeah. the wrestling was given room to breathe um, because there wasn't. So, I mean, barring, barring Gronk's absolutely fucking awful job as... Um, I don't know, what is a Gronk? Uh, couldn't tell you, mate. He's like the human equivalent of a Muppet. Um, honestly, honestly speaking, I'm. Yeah, he's going to be in the new hype, bro. He's going to be in the tag team, isn't he, with Mojo Riley once they sort out this twenty-four-seven. Well, belt to be thing. F- to be fair, if you want to get someone over, you use Mojo Riley. I don't know. He's quite terrible. <laughs> yeah, so you look great in comparison, but I mean, they might not even be terrible enough for the Gronk, you know. Um, as far as far as I see it, like usually with the WrestleMania host spots, like the sweet spot is like um, I don't know. Let's say you're offered two punnets of cherries, right? And one of them's got three cherries in, right? And they're all just plump and delicious. And one of them's got five cherries in, but it's also got some soil in it. Like, you know, you want more, but you don't want all the soil, so you're quite happy with your three, as it were. That's um, that's the analogy. I'm sticking with it. But in this case, the cherries were turds. So even three was too much, because the Gronk is just like... He's 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 like visual coronavirus. He is not... Are you saying he's a giant turd? Yeah, he's not fun to look at. Like in any way, like him getting hyped, he didn't get me hyped. I felt I was being patronised. <laughs> yeah, he is a bit of a dick, and he doesn't have much international appeal either. I mean, let's be honest. Did you even know what a Rob Gronkowski was? Because of Royal Rumble, one of the Royal Rumble, it was sort of it. Yeah, but like but that's not really his football player, right? 
Well, yeah, but I mean, just yeah. Shall we move on from Gronk? I, I feel Let's that that spot. Now, here's the thing, though. Imagine if they'd have given that spot before I do move on from Gronk. Imagine if they'd have given that spot to Tommaso Champa or Johnny Wrestling or Adam Cole. Okay. Can you see that getting more over? Can you see that having more appeal to the core fan base? I mean, I know it's not for the core fan base. It's to get the football fans watching, but I don't know. I just felt we, I just feel the whole celebrity host thing is a little bit tired and in front of no crowd, it didn't work at all, especially when that's the guy. Which would work better off crowd reaction, which there wasn't on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it just felt like um it felt like those segments felt like poorly produced YouTube segments. Um what I did like though is um the early involvement of um Gronk and I wanna say Dash Wilder. Um no. Um that guy who says woo woo woo. Um no, the hype guy who he was with. You just said his name. It felt Mojo like Raleigh. Mojo Raleigh, that's it. I did like their involvement in the third match with Elias. I thought I thought they added to it, um, and I really hoped that they were going to continue that. Those two just being the gawking idiot crowd are standing for the usual gawking idiot crowd, but sadly it wasn't to be. Um, shall we go on to match by match, or did you have any anything else to think as we as as before we did that? No, let's, let's go straight into the matches, Rich. So, first match on the kickoff show was Cesaro and Drew Gulak. Um, fairly solid but short match, um, many people are saying. Any? Did you get the chance to catch this? I did not watch this. Fair play. Um, I mean, the only real... Um, <clears throat> The only real kind of notable instance um, throughout this entire thing... Um, you know, apart from um, apart from just it's a pre-show match, um, was that um, Michael Cole commentated the entire thing solo, and um, the internet literally shatter collective brick like like no one's ever done it before. Um, <laughs> like like it was the most impressive thing they'd ever seen, and everyone was talking about what a great broadcaster he is. Now, to be fair. Unleashed Michael Cole <laughs> is pretty good, but I mean he's not, he's all right. I mean <laughs> he's he's a he's a consummate professional. Unleashed, um, he's a bit of a dick um, off camera, as we know and as we've seen. Um, but he's nothing to write home about, even if he's doing it on his own. But I mean, it's not like it's not like Mauro Ronaldo hasn't done that before. It's not like um, is that his name? Did I say Jerry his name? Styles. Right? Joey Styles. Joey Styles, of course. Yeah. Um, I was trying to say Mauro Ronaldo and not no, not Joey Styles. I was going to say Joey Styles, definitely, um, but, but because he pretty it's much did the whole of ECW with that. Um, yeah, but, pretty much until yeah. the end when they had two when when they got into TNT was it? Uh, TNT. Yeah, something like that, or Spike, TNT. or something the like USA? that. USA, something like uh, that. Yeah, it was one of the networks. One of the networks that had dropped the ball on WWE and thought they could get a similar product from ECW. Um, which, to be fair, they probably could have done, um, but no one ever wanted to invest money in wrestling in the 90s, um, unless it was WWE or WCW. Oh. Don't know why. 
the WCW thing, I totally got the WWE thing. Um, yeah, eventually, um, I mean, the general thoughts of this is it was too well executed to be as short as it was, um, and as a result, the match didn't necessarily um, play quite as well as it probably should, but it was a match on the pre-show, so what, can, what else can you say? Not much, because I did not see it. <laughs> fair play, fair play. But Michael um, Cole has had a promotion. Yes. This is, this is what I was trying to get to. Indeed. And I couldn't find it. <laughs> Michael Cole has been um, promoted um, to... Vice President of Announcing. Vice President of Announcing, which leads me to like leads me to ask, like, is is... Who's the president of announcing? Who is, is the it president? Just, <laughs> is it just going to be Vince McMahon again? Probably, <laughs> because like a vice president would would give you the understanding that there would be a, a president. A president, I mean, and and I hope it's not Gory. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you hope it's not Gory as well. No, I do hope it's Gory because that'd be funny. Oh, fair play. <laughs> I mean, like story standpoint. Yeah, no, um, that would be it'd be good to see them clash a bit, and good be good to see a bit of backbite in between the two. Um, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen Michael Cole involved in a storyline, and as you know, the moment Cole gets involved in a storyline, he dominates the entire thing for years. Um, That's right, which is always good. Um, and Great I would love to see of all time. Well, I would love to see a second rematch. I'd love to see a, a, a spiritual successor between him and Corey Graves to the to the absolute Mac classic that was Michael Cole versus Jerry the King Lawler. I watch it every day. So yeah, good. I bet you do. I bet you do. <laughs> I bet you do. Um, yeah. While we're also on the subject, um, Drew Gulak, of course, did not mention um, or in any way talk about the current family situation that's going on with him um little mondo or rory gulak as he is known um is currently being investigated for sending bestiality pics to underage girls that's a real thing wow wow so moving on Okay. Have you had you heard about this at all? Had you? Absolutely not. Well, that's the thing. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that Drew Gulak's brother was Lil Mondo, let alone, you know, Same here. all of that. No, I, I I only picked it up because I actually read the subtitles last time I watched um, that film about Nick Mondo on on Amazon Prime. But there you go. Um, so then we cut to. Um, we we do the cute pre-show. Um, Corey Graves is just wearing a tuxedo um, that's just black. Um, I assume that his absolutely atrocious one was on mail order because he definitely had that on the second night. I don't know if you saw his atrocious one on the kickoff show on night two. Um, maybe. It was a black tuxedo <laughs> with multicolored flowers all over it. It looked like an abortion had been separated and then stapled to different parts of the damn thing. It was awful. Sounds good. 
I may have had some whiskey. No, no, I didn't see it. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it wasn't great. Um, so after that, we cut to Stephanie McMahon saying that this is blardy blardy difficult times, blardy 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 blibbity blah, um, and they are dedicated to putting on a great show, etc., etc. Um, she was in full on. Um, I'm a little teapot mode where um, where the top half of her body seems like it's been copied and pasted onto the bottom half of someone else. She stops. Have you, have you noticed this about <laughs> Stephanie McMahon? She completely stops. Stops like when she's apparently being herself, or i.e., good corporate Stephanie. Um, she stops moving <laughs> right. at all with her legs. But the moment <laughs> she is in Stephanie McMahon mode, she is walking all over that ring or stage as much as she can, shifting uncomfortably from foot to. Foot. Now, I would think that this is definite sign that she's AEW bound. <laughs> totally agree with you. Hard hitting affair. Yeah, hard hitting affair. Um, right, so she introduced that. Then we got a video package, which I'd kind of liked, but was a little bit over long. Do you remember this? The one with the rewinding? Yes. What, yeah. an- what annoyed me about that was they played it two consecutive nights like if you're gonna split it up then split up the fucking video don't just play the same thing over and over again you know i mean i put more effort into i, I put more effort into recording the shenanigans that go on in the retardist than that than those guys are putting on in that in that in that shit show but yeah i, I just felt that they could have done more with that um and also the jack sparrow thing wasn't that funny um it's like yeah I'd, only Vince McMahon could sit there and look at a dated reference from a film from 2002 and go, this is good shit. But there you go. Um, a woman's Tag Team Championship kicked off the main show. Um, that was Kabuki Warriors um, versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Um, now, I'm, I'm just reading a random website showing me the card um, and just kind of using it to kind of... The first thing it says is a surprisingly hard-hitting match. Jay, do you concur? I do, yeah. It was a hard-hitting ma- affair match. Affair <laughs> match. <laughs> um, I, I think, for me, I kind of like this match, but it was, it was a bit <clears throat> banshee-filled. For like banshee-filled? The, the, yeah, there was a lot of screaming women. Okay. Yeah. For the for yeah. the opening match, I mean, I just That's felt right. that maybe, maybe let King Corbin and Elias curtain jerk this one. Um, you know, just so that the first thing I see of your biggest show of the year isn't four women screaming at each other, um, because to me that takes away from the match. I don't know about you. I didn't really mind that too much. To be fair, I didn't think it took away from the match at all. Um. They were just doing what they would normally do if the crowd was there, so they're just entertaining. I suppose that's fair. I suppose that's I fair. Mean, the, Go on. the match itself wasn't exactly the greatest match, but my feed cut out, so I missed some of it. Ah, okay. Um, well, there was a late double team um, that included Asuka and Kyrie Sane hitting a combination powerbomb and diving forearm before getting the tag um, to Bliss. This is obviously... Um, cross I'm talking about um, and then after that Bliss hit a second twisted Bliss of the match um, pinned Sane won the titles in the process um, it was the second duo's second time holding the titles um, ok so we're a year on from Bailey and Sasha Banks throwing a wobbly um, after winning the inaugural Women's Tag Team Championship match at Elimination Chamber 2019 
in regards to these titles, how how do you feel that they have fared over the last year? Tag team titles. Yeah, the women's tag team championship. There's only from Rizzo really. It wasn't in the first place. They haven't really checked the title as a main title. Just get rid of it. Um, yeah, I'd say so. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I was hoping when Sasha and Bailey won it, or, or what feels like a decade ago, let alone let alone a fucking year ago. I mean, granted, I've I've you know lived through this year twice, but I mean, granted, she's um like. I I initially thought that they were going to be kind of long-term champions who established it and did all of that great stuff. Obviously, they went a different way with that, um, and that was the reason for Sasha Banks' um, long-term split with the company um, while she sat at home and cried a bit. But it's kind of getting to the stage now where it feels like it's been passed around more than gonorrhea in an all-boys school. You know what I mean? They, I mean, there has been a lot of title changes with this thing, or at least a lot more than if you're trying to establish a title championship early. You look at the WWE UK title, for instance, as an example, that's been running um, nearly four times the amount of time that these these titles have been around, and it's had three champions. Okay. I mean, obviously, I'm not... I mean, you're agreeing with me, but I'm just kind of wanting to emphasise my point to our many, many listeners. Um, who, of course, can catch up with all of our um, shit on anchor.fm forward slash jfabe. Um, any closing thoughts about this, other than the fact that it was a curtain jerker? Um, not really, to be fair. King Corbin versus Elias was next. Um, well, we've got a lot to go through. <laughs> <laughs> Corbin um, came down the aisle... Um, and then Elias came down the aisle. Didn't somebody get attacked from behind? Or am I thinking of a different match? There was a lot of matches. I do not know, to be fair. Um, Sad play. Um, did someone get attacked from behind? I don't think so. Um, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm entirely right. Um, so Corbin came out to the ring. He demanded he be declared... Um, winner by forfeit after his assault on Elias eight days ago, um, which was probably taped after this match, um, judging by rumours on the internet anyway. Um, Elias um, wandered down to the ring um, and caught, um, blasted Cord- Corbin with his guitar. Um, what did you think to this match overall? Any thoughts at all on this match, Jay? Any thoughts at all on this match? Well, it's just a, it was just like a box standard match, wasn't it? Yeah, it you can find of... this on Raw. You can find it on SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, sure on, I can't remember, but to be honest, it, it even had really... it even had the commercial break rest hold um, just without the commercial break at one point. <laughs> um, I mean, the, for me, the shining beacon in this match was actually the commentary job by Michael Cole and JBL. Um, they played. Per- They're still a really good team, aren't they? Yeah, they really are, and. When they have that extra, when they have that extra ability to interact with the performers without the audience getting in the way, um, some of the points in this match actually, they were communicating with the wrestlers in the ring, and the wrestlers were reacting to them, and that was great. 
Um, it was an interesting dynamic. I've not seen it before, and it was a dynamic that had continued to pay dividends throughout both nights of this show. Once they got into that, once they got into that groove, um, and for me, that was that was really the takeaway of this match. I pretty much watched this match and felt. Now, we just need better wrestling because every other element of this production is now falling into place. Say that's fair? I would say that's fair. I would definitely say that's fair. Fair play. Um, so, Elias scored a roll-up. It was a quick, cheeky roll-up. Um, and that was that was pretty much it. It felt a bit... The match felt a bit laboured considering the mix of styles that was there but um, what became something what what changed after this was um, just the quality of matches started going up um, and the first the first match to really kind of define that for me was of course um, the Raw Women's Championship match between Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler um, what were your thoughts going into this match who, who were you hoping would win who did you think would win and did your numerous different um, assumptions come true. Oh, I was hoping Shane would win, actually. Surprisingly. Yeah, me too. Surprisingly, seeing as I've sort of trashed her a few times. But yeah, I really I really thought that she should go ahead and move into that after the Elimination Chamber, where she destroyed absolutely everybody. Yeah, I mean, a performance at the Elimination Chamber was phenomenal. Um, I mean, what a way to build a match, first off. Um, I mean, they built it perfectly. Um, Obviously, the WWE's been flirting with some edgier content over the past kind of three or four months. Would you say? Yeah, yeah. I'd say um, so. I, I would say that this was the first WrestleMania where they where they really kind of went whole hog. I think they realised that this this WrestleMania needed something more um, than just simply PG, everyone wave, you know, etc. etc. And I think this this the build to this. Um, was a great example of that. You had the you had that spot with the biting on the back of the neck. Um, you had some absolutely brutal, brutal, hard smashing MMA style stuff going off with Shayna Baszler um, throughout the build. And when this actually came time to came time to pay, I almost felt that they didn't give it enough time. Well, I thought they had enough time. I just didn't think it would it was placed properly. To be fair, I was really um, surprised to see it so low down on the card. Mm. I mean, I think the um, I think the overall idea with with these low down title matches um, is more just kind of if we put it there, then it's it's kind of. I don't know. There's a rule with writing that you do your best. Uh, you do your best, kind of. If you grade all of your chapters in a book from one to five in quality, then the idea is is that the first cha- the, the first chapter should be a four, and then your final chapter should be a five every time, um, because you need to draw people in. And I have a feeling that this is why they do this is to kind of say, okay, this is one of the big matches. We're throwing it out there early to make sure that you're aware. This entire event, any of the next matches, could be the vital one that you're wanting to see. Um, I kind of get that from a pacing perspective with WrestleMania it's a longer show but at the same time I can understand what you're saying I think there were other big matches that could have gone here the ladder match would have been perfect here um, for instance 
um, as more of a piece to sink your teeth into. But there you go. Um, regardless, shall we just quickly run through what happened in the match? Uh, yeah. So um, Lynch was forced to repeatedly counter Baszler's attempts to lock in her um, Kurafuda clutch. Um, in the end, it was one of those um, counters that scored Lynch the victory. Um, it was yet another match that kind of ended with um, that ended with kind of a cheeky pinfall. Um, and this was, if you're keeping track at home, this is now the second one which has ended on a sudden pinfall. It seems that that is the flavour of the moment in WWE because it's not the last match on this card that will end with a sudden shock pinfall. Um, in fact, there are many, many more. Um, there was a striking moment where Shayna Baszler used, used Becky Lynch as a battering ram, um, much like she had on Raw, which had given such good pictures which is where of course she puts her in a powerbomb position um, lets her hang from her shoulders and then repeatedly smashes her skull into the side of the nicely branded announce desk however in this instance it almost felt like she was she was going back too much for it I don't know if you felt that was the case like almost all the story of the match seemed to be her trying to get Becky in position to do that which is fine but the comes a point when you've been trying it for six minutes that it starts to feel like you're trying to do one of the special mo moves on Raw versus Smackdown or, or 2K. Over and over again. No, yeah. yeah, no, I get what you mean with that. Mm. Um, but no, I don't think she was too far back. Oh, fair, fair play. Um, so... Moving on from that, unless you had anything else to say about it, I mean, what do you think the future is now for Becky Lynch? Because she's held this title for a year. She's still one of the most popular stars in the WWE. Um, it, well, this is not over. I mean, Shayna's going to be having another title match, mm. I would say. Maybe Money in the Bank. Yeah, I possibly. think Money in the Bank could be the right place for that. I think um, I think eventually Shayna will take that title. Yeah, um, no, that's, that's, a, that's that. definitely a given. Uh, well, we said it was a given that she was going to win at WrestleMania, but... Maybe they're is... just giving Becky that, that year-long reign before they take it off her. Perhaps. Um, I mean, there has been there has been talk that they were particularly wanting a um, babyface-heavy... Um, a babyface heavy situation in regards to victories, and certainly a lot more babyfaces um, went over than would normally be the case. Um, so maybe did that happen last year at WrestleMania as well? Um, it did, but that was a that was. Um, see, I feel that that happens at the ones that end in zero or five. Um, okay. You know, the ones with the big numbers. You've got the 25th anniversary as a good example. Um, you've got WrestleMania 20 as the, the ultimate example. Um, of course, Eddie Guerrero and... Um, oh, his name escapes me. Nah, it'll come back to me. Um, both of those won um, at that event. And, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Um, and, obviously, Daniel Bryan being the being the modern-day equivalent of that. I reckon that that was what last year was. But I reckon this year, I reckon they've looked at the world and said, nah, let's, let's send him home a bit happier. Well, it's a bit of shit. Let's give yeah. him one. Definitely, definitely. Um... Shall we move on? Intercontinental Championship. Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan. Um, story of the match, 
almost entirely was Drew Gulak, um, Sami Zayn um, interfacing quite a lot. Um, obviously, there was Shinsuke Nakamura's involvement as well. Um, I haven't seen Sami Zayn in a while. So, what's with this whole... Um, what was the... What, Shay. Yeah, Shay, Shay, Shay Zayn. <laughs> we're just calling you Shay Zane. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's going on? With... His last name. Yeah. Guerrero. Guerrero. What's going Shay on with this whole? <laughs> I don't know, mate. Yeah. He just turned up one day and he was wearing a hat. And it was green, and then it evolved into that. Okay. <laughs> say, say. But now he's Zane positioned himself as. Say say Zane Sake. That's what we'll call him. Okay, Zane Sake. Say Zane Sake. <laughs> They're now known as the Artist Collective, as well. Oh, yeah. right. Artist Collective. And it seems that Sami Zayn's been able to position himself as the leader of that. Okay. Because he's well, he's the mouth of the operation, and now he's got the title as well. Thank God he's um, the leader of something for a change. To be fair. Oh no, definitely. I mean, his his career so far has basically been one tuxedo short of Bobby the Brain Heenan's, at least on the main roster. It has been pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he's got it this looks whole... looks like he's changed his style a lot as well. Yeah, he seems to be... Um, that seems to be happening quite a lot in WWE with people who have what you think are established styles. Um, I mean, a good example being, of course, um, the recent change that we've seen to um, Jack Gallagher on um, 205 Live. Um, but I haven't it's... seen him wrestle yet, but I've, I've seen not? he has a beard now. Um, and, 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 and a tattoo of a giant ship on his stomach. Um, yeah. It is... Rig- but no, his wrestling is, is pretty much just doing... Um, MMA is pretty much trying to morph in, um, m- merge in all the shit that he was doing in um, New Japan, um, not New Japan, All Japan. Um, was it All Japan or Noah? It was one of them. But okay. yeah, um, he's trying to merge in that style, but it's not actually sitting well with the grapple stuff. So he's just beating the crap out of people, which is fine. But he's still like a hundred and three sto- pounds dripping wet. Um, sorry, WrestleMania. <laughs> Um, what did you think to this match? If you say hard hitting affair, I'm kicking you in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, Rich? It was pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't enjoy it at all. Um, really? I didn't think that Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan meshed at all hmm. in that match. Oh, I, was, I was just sitting there like, what's going on? Yeah, this kicks. Yeah, this counts. So. But what are they actually trying to achieve? Yeah, that that didn't it, come across as something that was cohesive. It felt more like the story that they've been asked to tell um, actually worked to the detriment of the match as a whole. Mm. Um, it's like they've both been well, they've both been given gimmicks, um, which you know are pretty. Um, in the case of Daniel Bryan, it's a very loose gimmick, but in the case of Sami Zayn, it's obviously a full repackage, um, give or take. And it looks like they've been asked to emphasise those gimmicks, and they've done the best that they can. But ultimately, what I was hoping for was 
Daniel Bryan circa um, circa five years ago versus Sami Zayn yeah. circa yeah. five years ago. That's what I was hoping for, and I don't see either, I don't see either of them in a situation where they have to particularly curtail their styles for anyone else. So it was almost let's get as many people involved in this match as we possibly can, and then let's make the match revolve around that. Um, yeah, which was a shame. Um, it was a shame, um, regardless. Um, a that successful. Could have been a show Sorry. On paper, that is a show stealer. Yeah, on paper, sure. it very much is a show. It very much is a show stealer. But then, on paper, what we're probably going to say were the show stealers should have been absolute abortions. So, what can you say? <laughs> <laughs> um, and what were abortions? Were always going to be abortions. Were definitely still abortions. Quite possibly, yes. Um, a pinfall <clears throat> victory. Um, this is after a hell of a kick from Zayn, um, and it was a successful title defence. What do you think to the new Intercontinental title belt? I don't think we've had a chance to discuss that while we're here. I don't mind the design. I think it's quite good. Got I don't, arms with the I new don't title. dislike the design. It's just... It's I not feel, the old one. <laughs> well, I feel the Intercontinental title is iconic, and... I think you could almost get away with keeping it very much like it was forever. Um, and I think that could be the distinct element of it. Um, and I think I think giving it that design, it felt unnecessary, um, especially when there are so many other belts that look absolutely god-awful that that could have worked with, i.e. that relic, the USA title, um, which doesn't look anything near as good as it did 20 years ago or 15 years ago when they decided that was the design and just stuck with it um, but you know I'm, I'm probably I'm probably overemphasizing the amount of time it's been like that but regardless um, it it was an okay match um, Smackdown Tag Team Championship now this is very peculiar this one there's a Tag Team Championship being defended in a singles triple threat ladder match um, I'm going to assume this came about because they couldn't put six people in the ring um, plus a referee without um, breaking some kind of tamper-based ordinance, or at least that's what I thought until I saw that there was um, a six, um, well, a five-way. Um, yeah. Later in Apparently, this, yeah. Go uh, Mrs. Got Corona, so that's oh. that. Yeah, that's what I read anyway. Oh, well, that's pretty shitty. Yeah. So that's, oh. that's why he wasn't there, and that's why they cut out two of the other wrestlers and he had a threat match for the tag team titles, which was a bit strange. It was really Still strange. My God, it was a good match. Um, very much so. Um, who, who, I mean, just going in, this is John Morrison, um, John Morrison of Miz and John. What's their, what's their tag name? Miz Eaton. Mizison, <laughs> cool. Um, <laughs> Kofi Kingston of the New Day and Jimmy Uso of, of course, that famous tag team um, God. Um, they, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, of course, I mean the Usos. <laughs> Was that a bit below the belt? Um, wow. <laughs> and it was a it was a fatal three way ladder match. Um, uh, the winner was for the tag team titles. For the tag team titles, the winner was whoever could take both titles from the top. Um, who was the star coming out of this? Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I um 
I really like Jimmy's work. I really like Kofi's work. Um, John Morrison surprised me that he can still go to the degree that he can. Last time I saw him, he was in Lucha Underground, which was good, but not this good, um, to be fair. Yeah, I think I've said that John Morrison before, that John Morrison's great on the indies, but some people need the WWE star to survive, and he's one of those guys. Mm, but I'm almost... He always looks great in a WWE ring all the time. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean... Maybe that's it. Maybe it is just that is the style that suits him. For me, at least, um, I feel that he's he's he almost fed off the empty arena in this instance. It, it, out of everybody who was there, maybe it's because he has a lot of experience wrestling in front of no one. But he, he does. It took him back a few months. Yeah, exactly. Um, he almost he, he he almost seemed like the most comfortable person there. Um, throughout the entire two nights, um, and yeah, I think this if if it, if this um, god awful situation continues, then we could actually see the second coming of John Morrison in the form of um, him adapting both styles to kind of mesh into a whole, um, which would be great. I think at least something would come out good for John Morrison in the situation. But in America, it looks like it's going to happen for a while because Trump is an idiot. Anyway. Yeah, someone really needs to land a retardus on him. Um, <laughs> I wonder if that's going to happen soon. I don't know. Maybe people should <laughs> tune in to our special. That's going to be Friday, maybe? Um, yeah, just tune in to that. You might, uh, you, it could you be. Might, yeah, not, yeah, Jesse's yeah. not sure yet. But, uh, Jesse, Jesse's not sure. He's, he's spent a lot of time with, um, with Google in the editing suite. Um, who's who's now his editor in lieu of Robot Rich, um, who is MIA apparently. Um, don't know why. Maybe I'll maybe I'll find out on Friday, but probably not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Um, obviously, the match went incredibly fast. Um, the there was a lot of big bumps, um, like serious kind of, and they almost seem to hurt more um like some of them because of the emptiness of the arena because you could hear that because you could hear that clack of the ladders um as it kind of echoed you through the warehouse you could literally hear everything That's sound great. was great um and it elevated this ladder match this was the quintessential empty arena match for me um, in the all of those empty arena matches they've had before, where you've just said that doesn't work, this is the one where you could say there's space for that. Um, well, this is one of the many, actually. But no, um, at one point, I did hear some of the seams in Michael Cole's commentating, because um, he said that um, that was the parkour style of John Morrison, and then very quickly yes. you could hear where they... You could hear where they cut in and edited him explaining what parkour was in the post-recording because Vince McMahon had said, what the hell is parkour? You could hear that, couldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> it was that like, was pretty obvious. That's that parkour style of John Morrison. What it is about parkour is it is this. That. Is it quite that though, mate? Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Using your body with everything. 
yeah, yeah. Um, that was, that, but it was just so. I don't know. As a guy who's occasionally done the odd edit, like that, that that stuck out like a sore thumb. But um, and it actually detracted from the pace of the match for a second for me because the two the two commentators, um, Michael Cole and JBL, were were actually telling a very quiet, solid pensive story um before that edit happened but other than that um there was a great series of exchanges um one of the one of my particular favorite moments was um john morrison doing the tightrope warp all the walk all the way across a 20 by 20 ring i mean that's fucking incredible you could see him considering it and then just going for it couldn't you good Beautiful, beautiful, um, and obviously the exchange. While well, there was the bridged ladder in the ring, um, as John Morrison and I believe it to be um, Jimmy Uso, no Kofi Kingston, did that. Um, one went over, one went under, um, and they swapped positions in the ring um, at breakneck speed. That was a great, memorable image, um, and I hope they show replay after replay of that with crowd or without. Um, any kind of highlights that you noted? Just the Spanish fly one, Rich, but you've you've already got me to that one. Um, no, I never mentioned the Spanish fly. It did come after the tightrope walk, though. Oh right, yeah, no, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the tightrope walk into the Spanish fly. Yeah, that's that was that was a really great moment. Um, so the end of the match was a little bit fun. Um, all three of them climbed a ladder. And once they reached the top, um, John Morrison um, was holding the belts. The other two unhooked the hook that the belts hang on um, and both hit him. And he brought the titles down with him, landing on a ladder that was bridged between the middle rope and the ladder that he was standing on. Um, double headbutt. It was. It? It, it was. It was a double headbutt. And what did you think to this spot to end the match? I didn't like it. I did thought it was kind of a cheap way to end it, yeah. Everyone, everyone on the ladders, grabbing the belts, double headbutt. Believe it or not, I kind of get what you mean, but to me, it was the perfect use of... Are you ready for this? Um, get ready for this. It was the perfect use of 33.33, booking. <laughs> so three-way 50-50 booking. Like that. that was good. It's good. Yeah. Um, but no, for me, it was it was that fifty-fifty <laughs> booking kind of. Everybody came out of that looking good, um, and it was a situation that I almost felt needed it. Um, I, th- I thought it was well executed, personally. I could see that a live crowd would have eaten them alive for that, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would have got him. Too right. Too right when it got here. <laughs> um, but no, thoroughly enjoyed the match. Um, on the melts scale, what would you give it? So if this was in Tokyo Dome, um, you got to assume it is. I give it a solid sixteen. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, I'll give it a four hundred and ninety-two <laughs> out of twelve. Um, after that, <laughs> after that, the twenty four seven championship happened. Um, sure did. And then there was Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. 
Um, should we just skip the 20? No. Rob Gronkowski and Mojo Rawley celebrated atop the perch midway through the show, I assume. Um, I I really don't know what they were celebrating. Um, don't know. Like that they got through two hours of WrestleMania. That's that's not really... I mean, years ago that would have been worth, worth celebrating, of course. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Are you still awake? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, I've eaten too much pizza. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was fairly good. Um, but um, up, up until that moment, so um, yeah. What else can you say? Um, there was our truth appears. Does his little um, I may be here, maybe there thing. Gronk tried to punch and pin our truth. Rawley pulled the former Patriot star and got the one, two, three. Um, Rawley defeated our truth, Angorinkowski to win the title. Um, what would you give that on the Meltzer scale? Well, it was one of the well, but put together matches of WrestleMania so I have to give that a zero mm. yeah no, that's fair um, yeah. Kevin Owens face Seth Rollins next <laughs> back to the regularly scheduled programming um, Rollins and Kevin what did you think to the build to this in the first place um, I mean we haven't had a chance to talk about the Monday Night Messiah yet it's a bit choppy isn't it because obviously it's been going on for months and people have been in and out with it with Kevin Owens due to injuries and just showing up because people weren't there so he's had help through it yeah that's fair so talking about Samoa Joe I'm talking about War Machine mm. um, who else is with Kevin Owens there's someone else yeah it has been I think choppy is a good way of putting it um, I think it's one of the problems that you have when you have um, a stable like Seth Rollins one in the to actually build a feud which isn't just this one-sided beatdown of the face, um, which obviously is one of the reasons why everyone got tired of the Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin angle, that and the fact that it seemed to go on, I don't know, about 700 decades, um, is the fact that um, like, without Kevin Owens inviting all his mates down, um, but then Kevin Owens' image is very much of this of this person who's super friendly and always speaks the truth, um, but doesn't necessarily need someone with him all the time. So then, when people do show up, it does feel a little bit um, cognitively dissonant. How'd you like those apples, Jay? Cognitively. Cognitive, <laughs> cognitively dissonant, loving it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what do you think to the Monday Night Messiah gimmick? I uh, personally, I'm. I think that other people have done this gimmick better. I mean, who else has had this gimmick? Well, I mean, start with Kevin Sullivan. Um, right. Brother Love, uh, Chris Jericho um, has had a very similar one. Um, Shawn Michaels, but he played it face. Um, but I mean, you could even go on to say, even when you take out the Monday night, pretty much every religious gimmick is this gimmick. The only difference is WWE don't touch religion to any meaningful degree, so there's no depth to it. 
So I, f- I find he's got a Jesus complex. Um, yeah, he's got a Jesus complex, but how do you show a Jesus complex without using the word Jesus? You know, um, he's he can't do that thing where he turns water into wine or anything like that. He can't do that thing where he's he tap he stands in the ring and taps into a higher power, like say the Ultimate Warrior used to. Um, he can't use he can't use hokey magic tricks like Papa Shango because WWE don't touch religion, and he can't fashion a cult like Kevin Sullivan. So you end up with a gimmick that he's saying all the stuff that someone with a Jesus complex would do. He's acting the part, but the world isn't interacting with him like he has the Jesus complex. Whereas a great example as a as a kind of counterpoint to that, the Dark Order. Um Brandy Rhodes. And whatever that that piece of that whatever that piece of shit was, but yeah, you the see my nightmare point. collective. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, it's just to me. This is this is something where I when I first saw him proclaim himself the Monday Night Messiah, I thought, okay, this could be quite interesting, and now I've realised that it consists of him wearing a glove and having stained glass version of his of his artwork. Don't forget the um, furry leather jacket as well. Yeah, it's a co- it's a costume. It's <laughs> Seth Rollins in a costume. It's not Seth Rollins in a gimmick because they don't take that gimmick anywhere. And I think throughout this piece, that's how it's going to feel until the gimmick just burns out. And that it'll start to burn out the moment people remember that ultimately, under the hammer, this is the same Seth Rollins. We're just supposed to be booing him now. <laughs> I mean, it's not the straight exercise, is it, really? No, it's not. It's not. Um, oh, yeah, the straight edge society did it. Yeah. God, you'd love CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie. Should we... Um, should we... a bit of a mom, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, it's fair. It's fair. CM Punk was fairly awesome. Um, so, let's talk through this match, and then I think we'll probably have a quick break. Um, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. Um, Rollins took over the early part of the match. Um, Kevin Owens, uh, this was a standard beatdown kind of um, affair. Eventually, um, what what are your thoughts on this kind of early part, early half of the match, I think we should call it? There was just a lot of back and forth, those encounters, reversals. Hmm. It was that initial kind of feeling out session, wasn't it? And it was it was quite well done. Um I quite liked um I quite liked the story beat that happened halfway through, of course. Um that was Seth Rollins hitting um hitting Kevin Owens over the head Kevin's with in. a ring bell. Um, yeah. It sounded great. Almost like somebody was pressing a button to make the ring bell make a noise. That's crazy. Why would someone do that? It's definitely just the belt. Yeah, you reckon it's just the belt, even though he hit him with the back of it, and it's never done. That. It's never reacted like that in front of a live crowd. That's just, right. Just must have been serendipitous. 
well he is the Monday Night Messiah um, but yes of course this led to a disqualification and that caused me to go for a cigarette thinking the match was over and when I came back I realised there was still fucking wrestling um, so I rewound it and found out that <laughs> Kevin Owens had in fact <laughs> said that he wanted the match to continue as a no disqualification match and it did it did, it did. Apparently the referees and Kevin Owens in concert can make that type of decision. Well, well did... when it's WrestleMania and there's no crowd. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like they've got time to keep or anything, is it? Um, and there's no timekeeper either, so, you know, there's just a bell. I wonder who rings it. <laughs> Regardless... I mean, that button you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um... So yeah, it was it was all right. Um, they went back and forth. Obviously, um, any any weapons were used. Weapons were used. <laughs> they were any spots that kind of the callback to the bell. Yeah, callback to the bell. Of Kevin course, Owens there hit. was a receipt there. Yeah, there was definitely a receipt. Um, but he talked too much onto the table. The sent on off the uh, WrestleMania sign was pretty cool. Mm. Um, yeah, there was a senton off the WrestleMania sign. Um, there were, I see. You said that they talked too much. How are you saying that they're talking? Oh no, that's much what much? Kevin Owens said to Seth Rollins before he hit him with the belt. Oh, I see. I see. Now that's cool. Um, I mean, that was that was one of the. No, this is one of the things that I really match. like about this because they are talking to him and you're hearing this and they're telling a story verbally as well as in the ring. It's it's, it's really really good match, isn't it? It is really really nice, and it's unique. And I have a feeling that because um, WWE have experimented with this kind of thing before, where the wrestlers are in character talking to each other in the ring, and it's never really kind of worked in front of a live audience because the mic setups a bit harder to do, yeah. and um, obviously the crowd can't hear what's being said, so they then have to exemplify this in their actions. In this case, it felt nothing like that. It reminded me very much of... Um, did you ever see They Live, starring Rowdy Roddy Piper? I am still to watch that. Really? It just reminded me I need to watch that, yeah. You do need to watch that. I mean, the kind of beginning and the end are a little bit... But halfway through the film... Um, halfway through the film there is a full-on 30-minute street fight it's just a fight sequence that starts off it looks like it's going to be two guys just kind of beating on each other and it's going to take about two minutes the scene itself takes about 30 minutes it is one of the longest fight sequences i've ever fucking seen and it is technically just halfway through the film they just have a no they have a last man standing match just halfway through the film for no reason um and <laughs> no explanation and it just fucking works um and it certain matches um, obviously the edge and autumn one's going to get that comparison later but this also kind of almost hit that kind of nadir of this is just brutal and it's working and i'm happy um but yeah no seeing that sent on um from the top of the wrestlemania sign i felt i got my money's worth from that it was a beautiful dive and it looked great What's this? Talk about this for a WrestleMania moment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. It was just fantastic. It was really well put together. Um, and do you feel that? Do you feel that this will kind of? Do you feel that this will kind of have the same impact? Do you think this will still go on the same highlight reels that obviously it would have gone on previously? Um, uh, possibility. It's not going to. But it should. Well, it, it should. should leave it out. That's the thing. I feel it's 
I feel that some of the spots are have been big enough that if you put them in a montage, people aren't necessarily going to notice the lack of the crowd. And I think, I think if you posed it the right, the way it's been right shot as well, it should be yeah. quite easy to do that. Yeah, I mean, it felt really, really nice. They they shut they sh- they went to the um, they went to one of the corner cams that looks at the aisle, um, and it just. Yeah, no, I, I had no complaints about this match. On the Meltzer scale, where would you put it? In fact, no. Would you say that this was match of the night? Uh, match of the night. I mean, I'm only talking about night one, obviously. Yeah, no, obviously. Um, I would actually say no to that. Okay, that's cool. I would say that... Okay, okay. Would you say that it was match of the night for a match that took place in the arena? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we know what the last the last five minutes of night one's going to sound like as we talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, I felt that this was a really well-placed, um, really well-placed, really well-put-together match. Um, it would have played well in front of an audience. It would have played well pretty much anywhere actually so yeah all in all kind of really happy with it they did a good job <laughs> <laughs> oh dear me um, so I think um, yeah it's probably probably time for a quick break um, quick break quick break and Great. we will be back very very shortly of course if you do want to get in contact with us we are available on anchor.fm forward slash jfabe you can of course get in touch with us um, and listen to our messaging thing you can you can leave a message for us we will respond to it if you do leave one um, as we have with all the other messages we've received on this show <laughs> so far um, other than that jay is available i am at i am not a robot robot is r zero b zero t um, that is on Twitter. I am at not a time duke, and of course, time duke Taz is now available once more on Twitter. That is at time duke Taz. Feel free to get engaged with us in any way you possibly can. If you enjoyed the show, if you didn't, just just feel free to feedback. We're quite happy to take it on the chin. Um, we're going for a quick break. We'll be back very shortly with part two of night one. Goldberg versus Braun Strowman. You can skip that one if you want. I don't. <laughs> well, they did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll be back with Goldberg versus Braun Strowman, and of course, um, the main event of WrestleMania Night One: the Boneyard Match. We are here for the end of Night One of WrestleMania 36. The only WrestleMania apparently too big to fit on one night. Which feels a little bit shallow actually, but there you go. That's what they're saying. Um We gotta explain it somehow. Eh? We gotta explain it somehow. I suppose. Um I mean really it was just because they had the they had the space, didn't they? But I, they they honestly didn't seem to think that anyone would sit through two nights of a quiet, well, six hours of a quiet WrestleMania like that. And to be honest, I felt it was a better way to do the format. Um, moving on, which they should keep. 
Really? Yeah, like this two nights every single year. Well, what what do you do with NXT then? Put it on Friday. Mm. Yeah, but then that makes drinking to it all harder. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if people do this, but sometimes people take naps. I mean, we never did that. We never did because we had journalistic integrity. That's right. <laughs> I'm eating digestives and everyone's listening huh? to it. Alright, cool. <laughs> Journalism. Um, <laughs> Universal Championship match was Goldberg versus Braun Strowman. Um, Jay, what were your thoughts on this last minute replacement, um, first of all? Someone's got to fill the spot. Mm. Braun Strowman was doing absolutely nothing for WrestleMania. He's That's a big true. guy. I mean, it does mean that we missed out on, like, whatever his plan match was going to be, which was probably, like, getting his face pummeled in by fucking Zack Ryder or, or, or fucking Gronk or something. But, you know, it gave him something to do, I suppose. Um, <laughs> gave him something to do, you know, he's, he's top champion now, it's fine. Well, that's the that's the disturbing thing, isn't it? I mean, there were two championship matches, um, and combined, they were shorter than any other match on the card. Um, because not, Goldberg only works by you know ten minute matches. Well, I mean, ten minutes would have been a fucking luxury in this occasion. Um, Goldberg hit him with four spears. Um, his attempt at a jackhammer um, was countered into three power slams. Um, and then a pin from Strowman. Would this match have played better in front of a crowd? No. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. It wasn't. It matter if it's in front of a crowd. It doesn't matter if there's no crowd. I don't know. I think, with, I think with the crowd, though, sometimes... I mean, like the Brock Lesnar-Goldberg match um, a few years ago. I think it was WrestleMania 33. Um, I might be wrong on that. The one that was a wild ride. Anyway... Um, that went on for a good 16, 17 minutes, um, which for, you know, Goldberg and Brock Lesnar is practically Omega Ricarda. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all three of them combined for those guys. But at the same time, this was an incredibly short match. It felt very underwhelming. Um, and spear, 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 power slam, power slam, power slam, power slam. That's um, it. Yeah, Goldberg. pretty much. Goldberg's contract only to WrestleMania. Let's drop the title to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns pulls out because of coronavirus, because of his immune system, which is understandable. Braun Strowman gets thrown a lifeline, becomes a new champion. How do you think he'll do as a champion? He'll just walk around with the title going Braun a lot. Yeah, that's fair. Um... <laughs> I mean, it That's might be nice to have that. Now, right? Well, it might be nice to have that big, unbeatable kind of bad guy uh, who who does actually appear on TV. You know that that he's big a face at the moment. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean—that big, unbeatable champion. Sorry, I meant rather than rather than heel. But yeah, it's. I mean, that's effectively what the trade-off is, really, isn't it? Um, and hopefully that'll pay dividends, but they're pretty much winging it from here because, I mean, they can't exactly do all the things that they were going to do with Roman Reigns because obviously 
the program with Roman Reigns was build up to Seth Rollins at SummerSlam and had Brock Lesnar take it off him again. Inexplicably. But mm, that's the only there thing I can think. Nowhere to go apart from Roman Reigns, I guess. Yeah, and anything up until that point is going to be a holding pattern. He is just a transitional champion at the end of the day. Well, do remember that we are saying this only four nights after he was he was actually crowned. <laughs> so, you know, that is a bit early to call, but I think he probably is. <laughs> I agree with you on that one. Um, Shall we bother with the Meltzer scale on this match? Zeros, carry on. <laughs> um, Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a Boneyard match. Um, instantly, the Boneyard was the name of my last sex tape. Did I use that last time? <laughs> um, maybe. I'm not sure. Might yeah, I'm not sure. I, I mean, it, it, I, if if I did, it went on set. It, like it was a, it was an assumption <laughs> anyway. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, this was a very heavily anticipated match, which is ironic because it would have been a heavily kind of criticised match in other circumstances, but. How would you describe this match? I mean, it was cinematic. To say the least. Um, definitely think Jeremy Borash, Borash had a hand in this. I might have said that already. As well. uh, <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, he did. He was known to have one, actually. Um, that's public now. Um, he, but yeah. yeah, he obviously had a helping hand in the final deletions and things like that for Matt Hardy in um, TNA 4 slash Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it really was a, a great use of his um, talents in this instance. It almost felt like, um, almost felt like a fight scene in the middle of something like Breaking Bad or um, or that thing with bikers in it. Um, you Sons know, of Anarchy. There we go. It almost felt like it could have been in that. Um, I think it's a bit too out there to be on any like kind of program. Well, to be fair, you know, it was very professional and... wrestling, but I'm more talking <laughs> production values and fire. kind of framing. But, um, oh, okay. Well, that would make yeah. Sense then. yeah. But um, no, I thought it was. I thought it was fairly good. Go on. Anyway, you were saying. It was just adding to what you, what you were on about about. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was over the top, so it couldn't be within a TV series. But you were on about frame rate and whatnot. <laughs> um, I suppose, well the framing but yes the the way it was shot um, I suppose there was an elaborate hearse entrance this was from AJ Styles came um, in as the Undertaker dead man style but then the coffin opened and of course it was AJ Styles um, and then the Undertaker rode in on his motorbike as the American Badass or as Mark as they called him they never actually referred to him as the American Badass I think AJ did at one point um he did. And from then on... To Metallica. It, yeah, he came to Metallica. Um, it was it, That was a nice touch, I felt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel that this is the... This is the interesting one for me, is the simple fact that, I mean, I, I read a lot on Twitter um, while this was going on, and one of the, one of the statements that kind of um, sprung out to me was, this type of match could add another five years to The Undertaker's career. Do you think that's a fair fair statement? I would say that is a very fair statement. I mean, he looks great, doesn't he? Obviously, with all the editing mm. things. Yeah, no, they were able to edit like out all... Yeah, and it was... Honestly, 
I thoroughly enjoyed every single second of it. There was that it started off with a nice fist fight. There was apparently um, there was a moment where the Undertaker put through a window and um, fucked up his arm um, whilst doing it, and apparently that was an unexpected um, moment. Oh, that um, was real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they kept that in. They kept that in. Okay. Um, that was. Um, just a case of he stayed in character until they finished a shot and they decided to keep it um which if you are a film buff you will know was also how they managed to get the bleeding hand scene in um Django Unchained with um Leonardo DiCaprio so I sometimes wrestling makes for strange bedfellows and comparisons but there's a very very strange comparison right there um that is dedications to one's craft i suppose um the only real issue I had with it was that they didn't really do much in the way of continuity and making sure that arm was visibly bleeding throughout the rest of the great the the boneyard match. Sorry, but there you go. Um, there was a scene with the OC um, where they appeared and started beating the crap out of him. Um, it was good to see them involved, and then there was some hooded druids as well, um, which the druids turn on the Undertaker. <laughs> see, I felt that that was missing one thing um, I don't know if, if you picked up on this but the druids come out there's about six of them, they surround the undertaker they all start beating him down and at one point he's on the floor and they're all stood I would have thought that would have been the perfect time for them to all too sweet each other in a circle and you know imply that it was the bullet club but they're all hooded that would have been good that yeah. would have been that would have been like just a great moment, but obviously they they probably thought about it. I mean, they would have been stupid not to think about it um, because obviously the first question is who's under the druid's mask, um, just like who's under the hood behind the hacker screen, which is a question that apparently may or may not be answered ever. Um, but we'll talk about <laughs> that later. <laughs> I mean, they can make it kill across. They could make it Killer Cross, but um, I don't think he could have been all six druids. But boom! I don't have a drum, drum, drum beat on on file. You need to get one. I, don't, I probably do. <laughs> I probably do. <laughs> then everything. Um, so AJ Styles dominates it, throws the Undertaker in a grave. The Undertaker um, then appears behind AJ Styles before he can bury him with a flash of light. Then there's shitloads of um, beatdowns from The Undertaker. Something said about the Holy Trinity, although that's never really fully realised, um, but there is somebody... Th- um, AJ gets thrown off the top of a barn, um, and then there is yeah, a very... There was a, there's also flames and shit. Yeah, there was flames. Going, and there was... Where are you going? Oh, and, and, and obviously the talk in between The Undertaker and AJ... Um, there was one one or two moments there, especially with the don't bury me, don't bury me, I'm not going to bury you. You felt like a yeah. man. Um, it all felt rather <laughs> sinister. Um, it, was. I it was. I thoroughly great. enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. The Undertaker looked fucking scary, and it's the first time he's managed to do that since. Um, probably his Hell in a Cell match with Triple H at WrestleMania 29. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're just yeah. trying to think yeah. back to that now. I um, did, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't think of another. <laughs> you couldn't see me do it, but I was definitely doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You were nodding, nodding along. Um, 
So yeah, no, he looked very, very, he looked very scary. It put him over. AJ, some people have said to me that they feel that AJ was buried by that, but I kind of think that's the point. I don't think he was. Um, I think he was buried. AJ prides himself in making people look great, and um, I don't think... I I think that only an AJ Mark would say that AJ was buried by that because he's fighting the Undertaker an at WrestleMania. And an AJ Mark, and I am not saying that. Exactly, exactly. It would have to be a Super Mark um, because, like, yeah, I, you're fighting the Undertaker at WrestleMania. He's going over you. Unless your name is Luthez, he is going over you. <laughs> you know what I mean. How long was his streak? Like in general. Not how long, how long was his streak? Um, he lost at 20... Is tw- I think it was 23 and 1. Or it might have been 21 and 1. Oh no, loose dads. He was undefeated for a while, wasn't he? Oh yeah, he was, he was undefeated. But I, was more, I wasn't necessarily commenting on streaks. I was just picking an old name of somebody who taught... Somebody oh. like several people to wrestle, I suppose. But yeah, like there's very few people... In fact, I don't think there's anybody in the entire industry that wouldn't happily be buried by The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Can't think of a single one at this stage. And AJ was the consummate professional. I think it did wonders for him. It was a great match, and he was lucky to be a part of it, um, as would anybody be. Um, I can't praise this match enough. They say I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was good. It was a hard hitting affair. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't say anything. I didn't say that. Uh, what would you say that this was the match of the night? This was the match of the night. Would you say that this was the match of the weekend? Oh, that's a difficult question, isn't it? It wasn't. It wasn't. Oh, excellent. Well, we will find out very shortly what your match of the weekend was when we come back for part two. Part two will probably be uploaded within 24 hours of this one. But for us, the fun's just beginning because it will be recorded in a minute. So, yeah, um, come back. (laughs) Bye. Bye. That was the end of part one of their conversation. Please tune in to part two. Also remember to like and subscribe and do all of that garbage. Um, yeah. Rich is available at Not a Time Duke on Twitter. Jay is available as at I Am Not a Robot. At JK Podcast. That is also available for JPAPE's podcasting output. And let's not forget Taz, my good friend Taz. He's available at TimeJuke Taz. Please feel free to tune into part two. You're listening to Jesse the Body Ventura. I'm just rocking out. Rocking out to the WrestleMania thing. It's cool. I can see the sunlight up the sky God, I'm I wonder if this will like be considered like really really bad if I if I like die will people like all of a sudden hate this podcast 
I mean, I'll live forever, but... A little secret between me and you guys. I'm actually a time joke. Bet you didn't know that. I probably regenerate at some point. I don't know who I regenerate into. That's backstory for you. That's how it works. And people just kind of get a personality. Like, that's how you put personality in things, I think. Probably. Anyway, I'm Jesse Vivaldi Ventura. You're listening to JFay WrestleMania Special Part 1. Part 2's on the way. Enjoy your ride on the bus. Or... You know, not on the bus because you're on lockdown. God, I hate lockdown. God, it really sucks. Okay, bye.